Good morning, everyone. My name is Jack Moriarty. Before Chris brings us uh, the message, if you would, turn with me in your Bible to Acts chapter 4. We're going to be reading today from the word of our Lord in Acts chapter 4, verses 1 to 22. And if you don't have a Bible, I can actually see them in the back, so we'll take a second if you want to grab one. But if you would, turn to Acts chapter 4, and we'll read the word of our Lord. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But the many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone the builders, you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows that they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And further threats they let them go. After further threats they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them, because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who had miraculously been healed was over 40 years old. And this is the word of our Lord. Thanks, Jack. You and those solid glasses you got right there? Those must be new. (laughs) Well, um, I want to, let me, first of all, I'm not like John Hugh. I'm a lot older. I got to sit down. (laughs) I like to, uh, like to be able to get up and sit down also. I'm blind. You know, well, you know what, let, uh, I want to start by saying this. I believe every, every word in the book 
Every word in the Bible is true. Every single word. It is the inerrant word of God, meaning it is without error. And I love what we just sang. I love that. God with us. God for us. Nothing can come against. No one can stand between us. You see, I believe it. And I want you to believe it because it is truth. My job today is to stand up here and to show you truth. My prayer is that you accept truth and apply it in your lives. As I know this, this week as I was preparing for this, man, I want to be honest, man, it tripped me out. It always does. You know, I, I stay in the Word each day. But when I spend prolonged periods of time in God's Word, He pierces my heart. He pierces my heart. You see, it's truth. It's truth. That death brings life, as we sing. That in fear, it's brought to courage. That God is a God of, of restoration, and he is with you. Listen to me, please, before we go any further today, I need you to know that God is with you. He is for you. The truth is that you can run. You cannot hide. He will pursue you. He will never stop. I don't care what you do. You can go to the far ends of the earth, and he will not stop pursuing you. And the reason I know it is because it's truth, and he tells me in the Bible, which is truth. Okay, well, then peace out. I'm done. No, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm for real. I believe it. I believe Jesus was born of a virgin and died on a cross and was, he rose from the dead. And he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. I believe it because, well, I've lived it. I believe it because... Well, as I've said, it's truth. I believe it because I was once blind, but now I see. I believe it because I work for Heart of David Ministries, and I can't, I, I, I can't tell you. I, I literally cannot tell you without you thinking that I'm crazy what I've seen. It's not just there. It's here in this church. I can't tell you because, see, I've seen men and women who want to kill themselves be freed from that bondage and now they're living in freedom and they wake up every day so stoked about life. I've experienced power in the name of Jesus. I've seen hundreds of lives radically changed, radically changed. I've had people come to me and they've sat down and as I did, by the way, before I knew Christ, but I've had them sit down and, and ask me things and, and, and all I do is just, and I'm not, because I'm not smart enough, the only thing I know to do is to show them the word and I've seen it come to life and I've seen things happen that I, God, I'm so thankful for. I've seen their lives radically changed. And that's my prayer for every single person here. You know, Jesus says in John 10, 10, they says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come so that they can have life and have it in abundance. I 
I've come that they may have life. B, can you put that up there? I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I want to ask you something today. I need you to, I need you, I need you to be honest with yourself here. Okay? You know, I, don't, I don't want anybody to speak it out. But I just want you to think about this. I have come to give you life, comma, and give it to you more abundantly. And my question is, what side of the comma do you live on? I had a hard time answering that question. What side of the comma do you live on? About 200 years ago when I was at Ole Miss in college, um, I was cruising up to the student union one day. And uh, as I was walking, I got, I got to be about 100 yards away from it. You know, typical day at Ole Miss, shout out, where it's just beautiful women everywhere. You know, and I was cruising. I was about, you know, I'd say about 100 yards out. Right before I got there, there's this little bit, actually it was on my, my right, there's this little bit red car, you know. And I was like, saw some good looking girls over there. About that time, I was like, whoa, and there was this, there was this Rottweiler in this car, a little bit bigger than the Rottweiler, and he was going crazy. He barked at me, and I was like, man, and there was a, the, the window was rolled down about eight inches, you know, eight inches. The Rottweiler was about 200 inches. He'll get smaller in reality, but he was huge right then, and, it, and he, he just goes nuts, and I'm, it, you know, and I see when I jump. Those girls were like, loser, and they, you know, they ran off. I was like, golly, man, I got to get, and the dog at this point was back here. I was just like, I got to get my mojo back. I can't lose that much street cred because of that stupid dog. I mean, did you, you know, so I turned around, and I got back. I was like, come on, you want some of this? Come on. And I kept doing like that, and he went nuts. He was nuts. I was like, you better wish that piece of glass wasn't there. You know, and I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And then I was like, see that? <laughs> so I started cruising on back down to back up to the student union. I got to be about 50 yards away. And I, the girls had already made it. I got to be about 50 yards away. <laughs> and I heard this little jingle. It's like jingling. Cujo wasn't barking anymore, by the way. I was like, what is that? <laughs> and I just started... <laughs> So I'm just sprinting as fast as I can. And Cujo, you know, my wife says I don't have a butt, and I think it's because Cujo bit it off that day. But as soon as, I mean, I was sprinting. I, I literally screamed like a girl. Everybody saw it. I ran. I got to the door. I slammed the door, and I was like, And I just felt, you know, like that piercing look you get sometimes. I looked. The security guard was looking at me, and he was like, what's wrong with you? And then, but then I heard this, this guy came up and he goes, is he out? Is he out? Is he out? It's like, dude, is that your dog? Is that, yeah, is he out? Like, man, that dog is freaking crazy, man. Like, what are you doing? He goes, he's not crazy. He's a guard dog. It's what he's meant to be. I went, I don't care what he's meant to be. You need to put him down. <laughs> but look, seriously, man, that story is completely stupid. I just thought it'd be something funny to tell y'all, but the, the, the truth is, and I'm using it just for illustration, but the truth is, when the dog, see, he was in the car, right? He was in the back seat, and he, man, he was cool. He was cool. He was living a good life. He's probably about to head on home, you know, kick it, 
hang out, see his other little doggy friends, you know. Life was all good. But see, there was something inside of him that I brought to life. <laughs> it turns out it's who he was meant to be. It's what he was made for. It's what he was made for. And see, what I realized through that stupid example and stupid story was this, that so many of us go through our lives living in the backseat of the car. Don't we? I mean, and I struggle with that. I don't struggle with it. I struggle with it for people that I see living in the back seat. Because, see, Jesus says, I come to give you life, comma, and give it to you more abundantly. And you'll turn the TV on, and you'll see these dudes, and they're talking about, hey, man, you believe in Jesus, you're going to get rich. Like, that ain't what I'm talking about, because that's false the- that, that is false theology. Let me just be clear on that, okay? More abundantly, who you were made to be. I love the passage that Jack just read. And uh, if, you, if you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, I'll, I wanna, I'll just kind of give you a brief description of it. Chapter three, uh, chapter three, Peter and John, they, they healed this guy, right? And this dude had been, had been crippled since birth. He'd been begging, you know, his whole life. Everybody in the town knew who he was because he had been, he was like this beggar, right? Well, Peter and them walked by and he's like, hey man, can I have some money? You know, do I need a little money? And they're, <clears throat> they're like, I don't have any money, but I give you this in the name of Jesus and He's healed. Freaks some people out. Well, as Jack read, the people, when they asked, even before the officials got on them, the people were like, hey, man, how'd you do that? And he was like, let me tell you about my Jesus. Boom, and he throws it on them. Well, in Acts 2, we saw where that was, where the church was born, right? And we had about 3,000 believe in Acts 2. Well, here, there's 2,000. Remember, they were only counting men, right? So there's an additional two. So now there's 5,000. So now the officials are like, hmm, this could be a problem. (laughs) And so the officials get, they they get all upset and they go and they arrest them. And and, and then Peter and and John, they, they come before them and they're like, hey, How'd you do this? In what name did you do this? And see, what they were really saying when they said what name, they're like, hey, what, what part of that that you learned from us did you use? But, see, but that, that, wasn't what they, that wasn't what Peter and John were saying. It had nothing to do with them. In fact, look, check this out. Y'all know who those people were? One, it was the Sadducees who like, Totally didn't believe in the resurrection. Totally in any resurrection. They're like, no, that's just, that's just straight out crazy. But it was also the Sanhedrin. And we learn in Acts 26 that something Paul might, or Saul at the time might have even been there. Because he talks about casting a vote. Think about this. Think, like, it's the same people that killed Jesus. And that's who, that's who they're going in front of. And then it says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he starts going off. He calls them out and tells them about Jesus and how they killed him. 
then he said how Jesus rose from the dead, which was just a straight slap in the face of the Sadducees. And then he ends it with this. Salvation is found in no one else. It's only found in Jesus. Wait, no, no, no. It's only found in Jesus. I don't know. You killed him. It's only found in Jesus. And they said they saw the courage of Peter and John, and then they were like, wait, hold up. Hold up. Where is this courage coming from? Aren't you the dude that sat just outside when we were condemning Jesus that day? Weren't you like crying like a little baby? Weren't you denying him? That's my version. It says, where does this power come from? These are normal people. These are just normal guys. They're not extraordinary. They don't learn of a bunch of not like, where's it coming from? And it says they were astonished and took note that they had been with Jesus. You know what they did? Now what? They looked at each other like, what are we going to do now? Now what? The guy that they healed is like right here. There's nothing we can do. We, we, there's nothing we can say. Everybody in Jerusalem saw him do it. They all know he did it. Now what? What do we do now? And so they came up with this great plan. They're like, uh, yeah, so Peter, John, y'all need to like quit talking about Jesus. Yeah, that's it. Y'all just got to quit talking about Jesus. Well, we're not going to quit talking about Jesus. Well, no, 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 no. Like, you need to quit talking about Jesus. No. We're not going to. There's no way we're going to talk, stop talking about Jesus in, anymore. What, we, we ain't stopping. We got to talk about him. So they let him go. In fact, the word actually says, so after some more threats, they let him go. So, well, we told you to, and we're going to put you in jail. We could kill you like we did Jesus, but eh. the truth is, it wouldn't be good for business right now. Everybody believes, you know, and, and, and I mean that literally. Like, it wouldn't be good for business if they had killed him. So they let him go. And I, see, I think there's so much we can learn from, from this story. I, I, I my world was rocked in, in study for this, this week. And there's a couple of things. If you're a note taker, I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. That Jesus will meet you where you are. What do you mean by that, Chris? Look, we all know. Hold on. We all know that Peter wasn't always walking around healing people. He wasn't walking around like this big symbol of courage and strength. In fact, just eight weeks before that, close to eight weeks before that, was his epic failure. His complete catastrophic, like epic failure of his life. Eight weeks before. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about me. But I know that if I had a fail, just a massive failure as we see. So, like, I think, you know, the, kind of the common thing nowadays is like when you have a real terrible failure, you just like, just, just, just be real quiet. Don't say anything for a couple years. And then you come back, may, maybe hit some rehab, you know. And then you come back and you're like, hey, man, I'm good. I love Jesus. Let's roll. Well, yeah, you got grace. But it didn't take two years for you to get grace. Peter's epic failure was a few weeks before this. 
you know, I love that. Uh, it says in a couple of different places. Luke 22 is the one I love. And <clears throat> Peter and Jesus is like, uh, Peter, it's in John uh, 13. To, he's like, Peter, do you, you're going to like disown me. Like before the rooster crows tomorrow, you're going to disown. He's like, no, 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 man. No, no, you don't get it. I'd like, I would go to prison for you, Jesus. I would die for you. Jesus, man, I love you. There's no way. She's talking about 24 hours. No, 24 hours, you're going to deny me. Well, we know the story. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me. Peter gets up. He goes. They condemn Jesus. He sits out there. The girl's like, hey, you know Jesus? No, mm-mm. I don't know Jesus. You know Jesus? No, I don't, I don't really know Jesus. Next person. Hey, do you know Jesus? This time he didn't just say no. He said, I don't know the man. With, with emphasis. I don't know Jesus. What do you mean Jesus? Shut up. I'm tired of this. I don't know him. The rooster crowed. And then it says Peter wept bitterly or uncontrollably. You ever been there? You got any epic failures in your life? I think every one of us do. I know I certainly do. I know I've denied Jesus before. Oh, what great I am. The God of grace and mercy. See, at the absolute low point of his life, this was, listen, y'all, I want to be clear on this. Peter went downhill from here, man. He did. It, it, it was rough. He had denied Jesus. In fact, if you, if you really, in, in studying, it shows just how low that he, of a low point that he went. And he, he actually, John 21 tells us that Peter goes back to fishing. Peter goes back to fishing. Jesus had died. He'd been laid in the grave, dead. He's like, denied him. Peter's like, I'm just going back to fishing. He goes. But then something happens. Then all of a sudden, they go to to the grave, and they're like, it's empty. So they run back, and they're like, where's Jesus? Well, the angel said he's he's risen. And then all of a sudden, people, over 500 documented cases, Start seeing and talking to Jesus. 500. What if that was a court of law? Your Honor, I got 500 witnesses. What? We don't need but three. We're good. No, no, no. I got 500. 500. So then Peter's out fishing one day. And uh, all of a sudden there's Jesus on the shore. And Peter's. He gets all excited. He's, he's, he's out just a little bit. It says he puts his outer garment on. He jumps in the water and he starts swimming to Jesus because Jesus is on the shore. And he gets there. And Jesus, they start talking. And Jesus says this. You know the story. He addressed him, Simon Peter, who was 
had been, Jesus had renamed Peter for rock, strength. You know what Simon means? Pebble. So Peter looks at him. I mean, Jesus looks at, and he says, Simon, Simon, do you love me? Well, there's something here that I didn't know until this week. I've read, I don't, hundreds of times I've read this. Guess what the Greek version, or the Greek translated word is there? It's agape. You hear it in weddings all the time, agape. It means a, a God sacrificial love. Like God's sacrificial love. I mean, it's, you can't love any greater than that. It's Jesus' love for you. It's God's love. But then, but then Peter says, Lord, you know I love you. But that's not agape. That's phileo, which that's brotherly love. You see, Jesus had asked him back there, Peter, you're going to die for me. Well, when, P- when Peter was reverencing, the, man, Jesus, I'm going to die for you. He was using the agape like the same. Hey, hey, hey. He went, this time he's like, whoa. Do you agape me, Peter? Jesus, you know, I, I phileo. But, but, Peter, do you agape me, Peter? Jesus, you know what I did? I phileo. Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? And in his brokenness, Jesus, I phileo. I phileo. Well, see, in our lives, when all we've got is phileo, we think we're not good enough. We think we're not good enough. And so many of us, probably right now, with all the stuff that's going on in your lives, or you may be beat down, you're broken, whatever. I don't know what it is, but you're just, all you got is phileo. But look right here. Peter, do you love me? Peter, Jesus, I phileo, feed my sheep. Peter, I know you're broken. I know you're, it's a few weeks ago you denied me. And look, all you got is a little love for me. Go back to the ministry. Because I can take phileo. Wait, what? Feed my sheep. (laughs) Feed my sheep. See, listen. I don't don't know where you are, but I'm telling you, Jesus, that's where he'll meet you, right where you are. Peter, you're my child. Peter, you're worthy. Peter, I died for you. Peter, you give me phileo, I'll turn it into agape. Is that you today? Is it? Is that you? Do you need to hear that Jesus will meet you where you are? Because he will. 
And his word spells it out. Jesus also would give you courage. That would be the second thing. Okay. All right, Chris, you didn't have to go very far for that one, did you? It's right there in the text. Yeah, I know. Hold on one second. See, Jesus will give you the courage. He will give you the strength. Think think about it. Think about it. To be who he made you to be. Think about what happened to Peter. Isn't that awesome? But let me digress. Let me find the shady and everything. So, no. When I read that, I'm just like, I love, like, I grew up with kind of a problem with authority. Let me just say that's kind of one of the things that kept me from Jesus. And so when a couple of guys, ordinary dudes, get in front of the man and they take them down and the man doesn't do anything, I'm like, yes, that's awesome, right? And that's, I mean, that's, this is like a script. This is like something on TV. You can make a movie out of this. In fact, they should make a movie out of this. Them standing up there like, let me tell you something. You, you killed Jesus, but I got something for you. And they're just like, whoa, whoa, where's this coming from? Hold up. You know why they didn't say anything? Because there's power in the name of Jesus, and when he puts his Holy Spirit in you, you can't fight that battle. You may try to fight it, but you're not going to win. All you got to do is ask Satan about that. You know, and they saw the courage, right? And everybody knew it. I mean, everybody knew it. Everybody saw it. Everybody saw the change. And verse 14 tells us there's, you know, there's nothing they could do about it. And see, all of a sudden there's a change. Peter's like living out this, like Peter's gone from like this guy who was denying to look at him now. I mean, he's standing tall. He is standing tall. And I I have to ask myself, do some of us need to feel like we can stand tall? Because I think we do. I think we do. In fact, I know we do. Total life change. Riley, my daughter who's here today, they're doing a conference, or she's putting up help. She's got a, took an idea of, a conference about your purpose, finding your purpose. She goes to Belmont and Nashville. And uh, just prayed about it. The Lord woke her up one night, and she wrote all this stuff down. And, and so they're doing this conference at Belmont. They're doing it, in, and it's based on Exodus nine sixteen. Check this out. But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power. And that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. You think Peter got that? You think he got that? Yeah, he got it. But he wasn't talking to, God wasn't talking to Peter right there. You know who he was talking to? Pharaoh. This is what he's saying. Hey, listen. You can't stop my plans. I don't, you you can either be with me, as the word says, or you can be against me, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But you believe in my son, we see later. You partner up with me. You get ready. You get ready. See, they saw the courage of Peter. Because 
The courage, it came from Jesus. It came from the Holy Spirit because God takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. God takes the broken and he heals them. I've seen it. He takes the weak and makes them strong. He fights your battles. But I love because, see, this is what I know. This is what I know. I know with all my heart that what happened Peter started believing what Jesus had said about him. You're going to be my rock. Peter started believing it. And you know the words, it says there's so many stories it would take, that there's no way, we we don't have enough books in the world, I think it says at the end of John, to fill up all the things Jesus did. So that tells me, you know what Jesus said? Can you imagine all the things that aren't, that he said to his disciples that aren't in that book, that, that are not recorded in the Bible? Can you hear him when he's saying, Peter, Peter, your circumstances, they don't define who you are. You get ready. Peter, I made you for greatness, Peter. Peter, do not run from me because you can't hide because I will pursue you forever. Your mind can't comprehend how much I love you, Peter. Peter, there's a strength in there that you don't know exists, but when you cling to me, I'll bring it to life and nothing can stop it. And you will achieve the destiny, the life that I have laid out for you, Peter. That's exactly what happened. My favorite part now what? Now what? They said. What, what do we do now? What are we going to do now? I think that's a question we need to ask ourselves. Now what? You know, we, uh, at Heart of David, we wear these bracelets. Y'all are sick of me talking about this. But we, we do this thing called Warrior Life. And it's an acronym, warrior. And it's live your faith extreme. Jay helped us put this together. It's, warrior stands for willing, accepted, redeemed, or willing, accepted, responsible, redeemed, important, obedient, and ready. You see, I, I have seen lives changed. I've seen things that are overcome that I can't explain. And it's because I, I see a God that is building an army of warriors that want to Take the power that he has, the power of his spirit, and move mountains. Who wants to be a part of that? Because inside of every single one of you is the power to move mountains. Inside of every one of you is God's purpose for his name to be glorified in whatever it is you're doing, whatever occupation that is. And I'm telling you, he wants you to join forces, whether it be with this church, whether it be by yourself. He wants you to be a warrior, and your life will be radically changed. That is living on the right side of the comma, because that is what Jesus is talking about in abundance. What do we do with that? Now what? Now what? Jesus will meet you where you are. He'll take your courage. Or he'll put his courage in you through his spirit, give you the, the courage and strength to live the life that he made for you. You are his child. You are child of the almighty God. Can you imagine the power that is within you? Peter walked around healing people, and Jesus was healing people too. But then Jesus said, oh, by the way, you're going to do more things than this. You believe that? 
You believe it. Because I can tell you this, when you do, I mean, when it gets to your core and you wake up and you beg his spirit every day and you never stop praying, Paul says, do not stop. He says, pray without ceasing. When that happens, man, there's a strength that's beyond measure. I'll close it with this. Laura, I had no idea you were going to read that scripture from Peter, 1 Peter. This morning I was, uh, I was just kind of thinking through, you know, what I was going to say or what the Lord was directing me. And uh, and I was literally sitting there eating eggs with Polly. And, uh, and I just felt the Lord say, 1 Peter. Go look, go look at the life of Peter. Look at, see, he was a lot younger right there. When he did, but as an old man, when he wrote first and second, go look and see what he did. And guess what? That's what I came up on. That's, the, that's, that's where he sent me. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I, that I try to remind myself every day, and I want to remind you, is just real simple. Believe in yourself the way God believes in you. Believe the things that he says about you. And in 1 Peter, you know, I don't want to go back and reread everything that you said, but he spells it out. The the living hope, the new birth, the power that comes with believing in Jesus. And then he says this, but you, you people, you're a chosen people, a, ro- a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful, into his wonderful light. Get this, once you were not a people, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Do you believe it this morning? Will you believe that with me this morning? Will you join God's army in a way that is so much stronger and more powerful than anything you've ever imagined? Because I'm telling you, when you become willing, when you are accepted, when you're responsible, redeemed, important, obedient, and when you stand ready, you need to get ready. Because there you will find abundance. There's some things you need to nail to the cross this morning. I want to ask you to have the courage to come up and nail them. Take whatever it is that John, he's been saying that can keep you from that abundance and let's nail it. Let's nail it. Father, we thank you for today. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for each person that's here. God, I know that you have called each person here to give them a, a message that you are abundance. God, I pray that you'd give them the strength and the courage to nail to the cross the things that you are whispering in their ear right now to nail. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen.